1: Beth Level and BB Neworth are both returning to Broadway. The universe is in balance again.
0: Oh my god, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my god, guys. Jake I I I Oh my god, oh got oh
1: What's up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, you guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, I am currently exhausted because I was in Brooklyn until 1 a.m. last night attending an incredible musical event hosted by Gaia Music Collective. And if you guys haven't heard of Gaia, please check them out. They are an incredible group that puts on these beautiful, collaborative community gatherings where we just sing, listen to each other sing and share just beautiful energy. It was so wonderful. There were incredible featured performances by musicians and singers and artists. And, you know, you just get to mingle with incredible people. And if you can't make them in person, like if you don't live in New York City, um, you can check out all of their content online on TikTok. They have a huge following now, which is so exciting. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I feel so lucky to have gotten to experience this event last night in Brooklyn, and I look forward to the next one. So check out Gaia Music Collective online. And with that, you guys, we got to dive right into this week's Broadway World Recap, brought to you by my amazing friends at BroadwayWorld.com. First, you guys, we got the very exciting announcement that the Broadway musical Limpika has added two new principal cast members, which include Amber Iman and the queen Beth Level as the Baroness. The show is going to star previously announced Ms. Eden Espinosa. And you guys, I cannot wait to see this show. Uh, Beth Level, in my opinion, can do no wrong. She is just a genius. And so the fact that she is involved in this new musical is just thrilling. I think it's such an indicator of what the material is going to be giving to us because Beth Level is just such an incredible actor as well as musician. So I'm just thrilled about this casting announcement. I can't wait to see it. The show is set to open on Broadway this spring at the Longacre Theatre, and performances begin on Tuesday, March 19th. Next, you guys, Broadway World shared that Raul Esparza has revealed that the new musical Galileo, which he is starring in, has its sights set on Broadway. Raul confirmed that iconic Broadway producer Jordan Roth is involved in the show, and the premiere production, which is opening at Berkeley Rep in May, is being treated as an out-of-town tryout for a pre-Broadway run. The show, written by Michael Weiner and Zoe Sarnak, is the story of The Life of Galileo, and it's being directed by Michael Mayer, who did Funny Girl and Spring Awakening. I mean, this team is amazing. And of course, Raul Esparza is an incredible talent, so I think we have something very exciting to look forward to, hopefully sooner than later. The world premiere of the show will run at Berkeley Rep from May 5th to June 16th of 2024, but who knows how soon or, you know, long after that run they'll get it to Broadway. But I am definitely looking forward to it. Next, you guys, we got the very exciting announcement that Shayna Taub will make history as only the second woman in Broadway history to write the book, music, lyrics, and star in her own musical in the Broadway transfer of Suffs. The show is centered around the women's movement in 1913, anchored by the suffragists or Suffs as they call themselves, and their relentless pursuit of the right to vote in America. This amazing show is going to be produced by Jill Furman and Rachel Sussman, and they have co-producers Hillary Rodham Clinton and Malala Yousafzai. I am just so thrilled for everyone involved with this show that it's finally coming to Broadway, and I want to send a special shout out to my lovely friend Kim Blanc, who is making her Broadway debut with this show. I just couldn't be happier for you. And of course, shout out to Queen Shana Taub, who's making history with this performance and the creation of this show. Next, you guys, in another very exciting casting announcement, we got word that Marty Louder is going to return to Broadway in the role of Victor in the Broadway revival of Cabaret. If you are a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race like I am, you may know Marty as Marsha, Marsha, Marsha from season 15 of RuPaul's Drag Race. But some people don't know that out of drag, Marty is a performer who has done Kinky Boots both in the Broadway company and Off-Broadway company and is now returning to Broadway alongside some incredible performers. Not only will Marty be understudying the incredible performer, Eddie Redmayne, but they will also be joining such wonderful people as B.B. Neuwirth, Steven Skybell, Natasha Diaz, Henry Gottfried. I mean, the list goes on, you guys. This cast and this show. I mean, it's going to be incredible. I cannot wait to see it. And just a huge congratulations to Marty on this amazing opportunity. And lastly, you guys, we got the announcement that the Heart of Rock and Roll has found their leading players in Corey Cott and Mackenzie Kurtz. Corey and Mackenzie are no stranger to leading a Broadway show as Corey replaced Jeremy Jordan as Jack Kelly in the Broadway production of Newsies, and Mackenzie is currently starring in Wicked on Broadway as Glinda. But I think this is a very exciting opportunity for Mackenzie, because this is her first time originating a role in a Broadway show, and that's a huge step from, you know, stepping into the iconic shoes of Glinda, where you've sort of had it mapped out for you, and there have been so many people to sort of lead the way before you. This has just been such a big year for Mackenzie, and I'm so excited for her, and I'm excited to see this show. It features the music of Huey Lewis and the News, which is interesting because Back to the Future, which is currently running on Broadway, already features a song by Huey Lewis in the news. So that's just funny to me that we're going to have multiple shows uh, with this music in it. But hey, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it. I do not know anything about this show, but congratulations on this amazing gig to Corey Cott and Mackenzie Kurtz. And you guys, this has been the Broadway World Recap. Oh, my pod, you guys. I am so, so excited to welcome my next guest to the show. She is one of the most talented and lovely people I have ever had the pleasure of meeting. Please welcome Miss Kaylee Capaldi. Hello. Welcome to the pod. I'm so excited that you're here. We have so much to talk about.
2: Oh, my God. I'm so excited, too, just because I feel like we've been, I mean... Creatively, we've been crossing paths, but not like in the same room. In
1: person. I know. It's crazy. It's
2: so crazy. silly. <laughs> it's so so silly. Funny.
1: Could you tell the listeners where you are calling in from on this on this snowy day?
2: Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm calling in from snowy New Jersey.
1: New Jersey.
2: Snowy New Jersey. <laughs> right on the river.
1: Gorgeous.
2: <laughs> How long have you been there? I've been here um. About five years. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I moved out here. I went to high school in California and then I am kind of revealing my age, but that's okay. Um, I'm embracing it. I just turned 24.
1: Um, <laughs> Oh my God. Revealing my, my ripe old age of 24.
2: <laughs> well, okay. It's a, it's this new era that I'm embracing because so I've, you know, been like a performer since I was little I was a theater kid grew up in show business family all that and so I've like been lucky enough to have representation for a while and when you're a kid when you're a teen the name of the game is like don't let anyone know your age right Right. (laughs) So, so now I'm like in my 20s and I'm trying to not shy away from my age now. So it was my birthday like uh, on January 3rd. So now I'm just like, okay, I'm 24. I don't care. Who knows it? A Capricorn (laughs) queen. Capricorn and really true Capricorn. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so what was I saying? Oh yeah. I went to high school (laughs) in California. (laughs) LOL. Um, And then I moved out here um, for college because I went to Miss Columbia University. Ever heard of her? Uh, just a few mentions. Um, little known. <laughs> little known. <laughs> um, and yeah, so my family lives out here now too, and we're all very close. And uh, I love it. It's just you know a little hop across the river into the city. Um, so highly recommend.
1: <laughs> Yay. Well, I'm so so excited. I mean, I have so many things to talk to you about and, yep. and ask you, but um, I first just have to say that I cannot sing your praises enough because I first. Found your talent um on social media and you know tiktok and instagram Mm -hmm. and all of that as as we do now Mm -hmm. in the uh future (laughs) that we are living in but um then i had the incredible pleasure to see you perform in titanic off broadway which is one of the wildest i i have spoken ad nauseum about titanic on this podcast i'm absolutely obsessed i've seen it eight times but who's counting and i've seen you play rose ruth Mm -hmm. i have yet to see miss kayleen dion and i need to see it (laughs) but please tell me how did you get hooked up with the titanic crew because you are turning
2: it out at the daryl roth thank you oh my gosh well thank you for being a part of the cult first and foremost um, anybody the who thai comes, staniques. the Tysaniks, you, you know, <laughs> it, um, so it's actually really crazy. Cause when, when I think back, um, last year in March, I was doing a show with Cullen, our mutual friend mm-hmm. and, And everybody was talking about, oh, my God, have you seen Titanic yet? Have you seen Titanic yet? And I was like, I have not seen it, but I've heard it nonstop being talked about. I need to go find out what this show is. Of course. Because it sounds so crazy, kooky, crazy, silly. Um, And, I mean, you know, I, I just knew the byline of, like, it's the movie Titanic, but told by Celine Dion. And it's like, what? what kind of fever dream created this?
0: <laughs> <Exactly>.
2: <laughs> so as soon as I got back, this was like around April of last year. Um, I came to see the show with one of my best friends who I went to college with who had already seen it twice before. Um, Genevieve shout out to Genevieve. I love you. Hey girl. <laughs> um, and so the second I saw it, I was just hooked. Of course, of course, fully obsessed. Um, and so then literally it came about in the craziest way. So, you know, in Instagram DMs, there's that requests tab and you can yes. see, and it, for some reason it like hides some requests sometimes. huh. So I go through there and like clear that out every once in a while to make sure I haven't missed anything. Mm-hmm. And this one time in April, not a few days before I saw the show for the first time, I see that I had gotten a DM from Ty Blue, our director of Titanic, in September of 2022, no. which <laughs> was before they moved to the Daryl Roth, right? Uh. So all I I guess I had followed him at that point because I've been hearing about the show at Asylum, and I didn't get to see At Asylum regrettably. Um, but he just texted he he DM'd and he was like. Hey, thanks for the follow. I I follow you on TikTok, and so I come across this text, this blah, this DM, a couple days before I see the show for the first time, and then I lose my mind, <laughs> and I have half a mind to sue Instagram. Of course, <laughs> just a joke. For Defamation. Defamation. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I reply to him immediately, and I'm like, Oh my god, I can't believe I missed this. I'm so sorry. I'm Obsessed with this show. I've heard nothing but amazing things, and he was like, "Oh yeah, you should come in sometime for us." And you know when you know when people say that in our industry, it's like, "Okay, sure, Jan. Like, we'll see when that happens." I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Not an hour later, I get an email from my agent saying, "Hey, Ty would like to bring you in (laughs) this look Diva." So that was the first indication that these people were just different than uh-huh. everyone else, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so I auditioned for the show in May of last year. I was initially auditioning to replace Marla. Um, and I was kind of going As for me. both, yeah. I was kind of going for both Celine and Rose throughout that process, mm-hmm. um, but they were having me kind of go back and forth between the two. And then um, they brought beautiful Nicole Parker in. And a couple weeks after my final callback, Ty DM'd me again, and was like, "Hey, um, we might be having a track opening up in the summer, and be- basically because we couldn't really decide between both roles during the first audition process, do you want to just play both?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> just I in like, rep. Okay,
2: <laughs> so that's Insane. how. Yeah, that's how this track came along. I replaced the amazingly talented Courtney Bassett. Um. And so now I cover Celine and Rose and Ruth, which is, Ruth is just the gag. Which
1: Hilarious.
2: I can't believe that you saw Ruth the first time you saw me. <laughs> like, because I literally, I, I keep track of how many times I've gone on for each role, like in my notes. Mm-hmm. I just like doing that. Um, and Ruth is, you know, by far the least frequent. Um, of course. But. Also, you know, sometimes I have a lot of fun with her. I do have a lot of fun with her. So that's kind of a very long answer to how it came about. Very strange amount of technology and auditioning and
0: mm-hmm.
2: just who you know. And um, thank God that it all came together. Because, <laughs> <Truly>. <laughs> gosh, it's, it's been the biggest blessing.
1: It's, I mean, you in this show, your vocals are unbelievable. Real, I I mean I have to just like shower you with praise for a second because truly I think you are genuinely one of the most incredible vocalists I know it just the facility the control the range it's all there it's wild so to get to like see you be in such a like campy like ding-donging around show (laughs) where you're just like the whole point is to laugh and then you just Mm. like oh by the way I can also um, sing your face off. So here you go. Yes. It's just hilarious. I just oh, love oh my it.
2: goodness. I know. I well, first of all, you are very, very sweet and kind to say all that. Thank you. Um, but I really feel like I'm not alone in that, especially in this cast, because everybody is singing down. Singing, Mama. Singing. Yuck. Oh my goodness! It's <laughs> it's such like it's such a masterclass every night to see these people um just absolutely eating and and having the best time doing it as well and i mean i know you've i'm a huge fan of the podcast i listen to every (laughs) i i really really love all of your episodes oh boy um and so i know you've had quite a few other titanic family members on the pod and i have indeed i mean everybody says and i swear they're not lying it's like not only is everybody incredibly talented and have amazing vocals and comedic chops at the wazoo, but everybody is just a very kind, good person at heart. Um so yeah. fun. And it makes it easier to go out and sing down when you feel so much support around you. Yeah, uh, yeah it really makes you just feel as comfortable as possible.
1: Oh my gosh, and now you guys have OG... Victor Garber back on the ship. Miss Frankie Grande. Ridiculous. That's going to be, I cannot wait to come and see it again.
2: Girl, you have to come back. I, I have some Celine dates coming up. Um, and so, you know, you gotta come and you gotta see the whole crew because, oh my gosh, the energy that Frankie and Nathan Lee Graham, um, our new Ruth. Oh my God. yes. Yes. Incredible. The energy that they bring to this show. It's like, I mean, Drew and Willem are, like, my family members now. I love them so very much. Of course. Not a but, but an and. Frankie and Nathan, they bring this, like, wave of new energy that just injects the show with this... Uh, it, it, it just changes the show in such a great way because it's a fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. And Frankie, especially, Frankie brings with him this, um, like vestige of the original cast and the original show and his original performance and it just blends in so beautifully with how the show has developed over time now um it's amazing to see it's like a time capsule of someone's performance and then you put it in a different situation with different people and it still holds up which is a testament to how brilliant and funny and genius (laughs) Frankie is
1: I love it yeah I can't wait to see it well I'm so glad that Our paths have crossed, not only because I'm obsessed with this show, but we also have gotten to work on a project kind of together, but not really because we haven't been in the same room. We literally sing duets together and we were not in the studio together, but we both got to sing on the world premiere recording of a new musical called Figaro, which I am so excited about. And we get to do the premiere concert in March, where we will finally get to sing together in person. How Ugh. tell me, how did you how did you get um you know in the loop of of one Will Nunziata director extraordinaire oh and my our writer Ashley Jana?
2: The Will Nunziata experience. <laughs> <laughs> TM. TM, the Will Nunziata fantasy. Um honestly, I'm not gonna lie, it came about social media as well. Um came about through social media and also concentric circles of people Mm -hmm. that I know. Um, I grew up for a time in Las Vegas when I was little. Um, my mom opened the Vegas production of the producers on the strip. And, um, so we moved there and lived there for a time. And, um, we became friends with a singer and performer named Clint Holmes um, and so Will directs a lot of cabaret shows, and Will directed Clint's cabaret, and um, you know we met through that, and he knew my parents, and um, we, you know, he followed me on social media and followed my career for a time, and then he just reached out and he was like, hey, we we really would love for you to sing on this album, and we don't know, you know, we have very high hopes for it because we love it's great material, and. Um, we want you to come sing some songs, and you know that's those songs turned into the album, and yeah, um, and I got to meet you, which was the biggest blessing of all.
1: <laughs> and they sent us a like sneaky sneak peek of some of the samples, and I was like, "Oh, my pod, I'm so excited they they <laughs> sound you. stunning. The masters are gonna be incredible. I cannot oh wait for goodness. this album to come out, but yeah. to get to sing with you in person for an audience is gonna be so fun because this music by Miss Ashley Jana we are singing Mama. yeah yeah, storytelling in the stratosphere yes and (laughs) the way that you like took the the demos that were provided to us you Mm. know to sort of just like get the feel of everything and then make it your own was so beautiful and stunning Thank like you. the the there's like such a beautiful balance between like ornamentation and you know riffing and and then also keeping it true to what Ashley has written and yeah. um you know telling the story but i'm just so excited i cannot yeah. wait to hear the album and for people to hear it me too it's so
2: fun honestly ashley ashley is such a great writer and such a wonderful collaborator as i'm sure you experienced oh, yeah. in the studio she is so she has, you know, not an ounce of ego on her because mm-hmm. she, you know, she's so passionate about what she's written with good reason because it's fantastic. And she is also so open to just being like, all right, I have this, but you know, I want you to try whatever you want on this. And right. that takes a lot of security in knowing that what you've done holds up. And, mm-hmm. and I really admire that because it, It creates, it makes for such a collaborative and welcoming and uh, creative environment that can produce all of these things that you never really expected could happen. And so, you know, there were moments where we were recording something and then she was like, actually, can we do this again? I'd like to change this lyric around. And what do you think about this? And actually, do you want to try to go higher here? And there's, there's one song that is on the album that we will... By the grace of God, perform live, um, <laughs> pull through, Mama. As I point to my yeah. throat, <laughs> you're like, "Come on, girl." Yeah, yeah. Um, the, you know, in the studio, I was just like, "Oh, why don't we? Why don't we go higher?" Well, actually, what if we go higher? Oh, actually, <laughs> what if we go here? And she was just like, "Let's try it all," and um, giving all the options. And so, yeah, it's just been such a wonderful opportunity to work on and I have such high hopes for this show. Um and I mean at the very least it's connected the two of us and it's connected the rest of this wonderful cast. I mean yes. the the voices on this album are mind-blowing. Maurizio! Maurizio! Oh my gosh. I I was kind of like selfishly very happy to be the last one to record all of these tracks because i got Uh to listen to all of you in
0: (laughs) in the headphones
2: Uh Uh, just beautiful the world is not
0: ready i'm victoria cash thanks for calling the lucky land hotline if you feel like you do the same thing every day press one if you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes press two we heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over a 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com.
1: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club. <sighs> computer solitaire. Huh? <sighs> Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases necessary. Forward, by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: The world is not ready. Well, I I cannot wait to ask you about your sort of childhood and mm. upbringing in in the world of arts and you know, having such creative parents. But before I do, I would love to ask you maybe about um, the importance of, of um, social media in yeah. the way that we go about art, because I feel like, you know, say what you want about, like, we're always on our phones, we're always, you know, like, it's a toxic cycle of like doom scrolling and all of it but like it also has become such an incredible tool um to market yourself as an artist and I think that you do it so um beautifully and efficiently and the content that you create is not only um entertaining and sometimes funny but it also is like a huge showcase of your incredible skills have you always like known that that was something that you wanted to to do or like keep up with
2: honestly no, not at least before the pandemic, that's for sure, because I think what pushed me to start on TikTok, which is where I initially poured a lot of my energy into, was just sitting around at home, being bored and feeling like <laughs> feeling very creatively deprived, as I'm sure that uh, that you and everyone who's listening to this can relate to in some way. Mm-hmm. Um I was, I was at the time doing online classes and just feeling really disconnected from the world um, and from my voice even because, you know, in those initial months, I wasn't really tapping into, I, I wasn't really doing much in the way of, you know, going to the vocal gym or vocal exercise. Vocal, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and feeling creative, feeling like I was making something. And so Mm -hmm. that really weighed on me and you know it has all these mental health implications and all of that. So um, yeah, I just started during the pandemic and I initially wanted to just do it for fun. I didn't really have any expectations out of it. I just wanted to feel like at the end of the day, I had made something, like I made a hat, I made a TikTok video (laughs) (laughs) and this is what I have to show for it. Um, finishing the TikTok. Finishing the TikTok.
1: <laughs> Ew. Title of episode.
2: <laughs> I love that. Uh, Sometime is rolling in heaven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Anyway. Th- so yeah, that it kind of just like started to blow up from there, um, and I had to remind myself. A lot of the time, and I still do, this is still a really big constant struggle. I'm not afraid to admit it. That um, when your platform starts to take off, when it starts to gain a little traction, it's so easy to fall into the trap of prioritizing the algorithm and the strategy of it all, the posting times, looking at your audience when they're active, you know, going on and doing videos according to trends and thinking of like the attention span and how to hook an audience, all of those practical things that you need, but it can get out of whack. And I Mm -hmm. often find myself uh, focusing too hard on that rather than just creating for creativity's sake. So that's something I had to remind myself a lot, but at the end of the day, I think in terms of, modern approaches to casting, post pandemic approaches to casting and um getting your name out there, I think social media can serve as a really great uh like video resume in a way. Yeah. Uh and it, it's a great, like you said, a great showcase of a whole range of things that a person is capable of and you get to dictate what you show to the world. Right. Um it's really in your control. And it's opened a lot of doors for me. I wouldn't say that it's, um, it's, it's the, ever the main decision-making factor in casting for sure. Sure. You know, you gotta be able to come into the room and back it up. And, Mm -hmm. but you know, at, at the end of a process, it might bump someone over the edge. And I, I, it really is a double-edged sword when you think about it that way. But in terms of marketing yourself, in terms of having this place that people can go to check you out and get a bit of an understanding of you, I think it's invaluable. Um, and you know, when you're first starting out, consistency is key, but which
1: is my uh, hardest thing because I'm like, I make one video and it takes hours and I'm like, I did it. And then you have to do it again.
2: Oh, I know. And especially ever since starting Titanic, I've been very inconsistent and very, I feel very bad about it. Um, but you know, life happens and in-person things I tend to girl. prioritize more. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, really returning to creating when you feel motivated to, for the right reasons that make you feel most fulfilled rather than feel pressured. Uh, cause that's when it's not fun and you want it to totally. stay fun.
1: Totally. I mean, I have to bring up the video of you singing on the street with that amazing guitar player who, like, if you haven't seen the video, you guys, Kaylee's like just finished a show as Celine. You're like, my first time. Oh my God, your first time as Celine. Mm -hmm. And, this guy, this guy goes, Hey, Hey, come and sing with me. And you're like, <laughs> Oh no, I'm like, I'm tired. I, you know, like, uh, thanks. Have a good night. And then he was like, no, no, come sing. And you, you finally go and sing. And then you <laughs> absolutely like out of nowhere, you sing September.
0: by mm-hmm. Empire, And
1: mm-hmm. it, like uh, the, the very first riff, Kaylee, I was like, what? the fuck is going on <laughs> how how did you do that you were like uh i mean i guess we could yeah like let's just sing Sept- september uh, like, <laughs> 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 how it's so oh silly but i'm so glad you posted it because it, it has become this incredible like so many people have like sent it to me and yeah like, you've seen this and i'm like yes
2: bitch i know her <laughs> <laughs> yes i mean talk about unexpected like out of nowhere Mm -hmm. that was totally unplanned totally random I had not been following Reggie who was the guitarist uh before but um yeah literally it was my first Celine we were in the middle of a COVID wave in the cast so coverage was very sparse and we were doing the best we could um and so it was my first time on a Celine you know terrified out of my mind. Um, and, um, we did the show, we were walking home, you know, I had my family there to support and there was Reggie. And I just said to myself, you know what, I'm just going to listen to the universe. This has obviously been sent my way for a reason, if not to just Mm -hmm. bring some joy to the night, some even more joy to the night. Um, my, my indication that this was probably going to be bigger than I thought probably should have been that when I walked in front of the mic stand next to Reggie and he had this really gorgeous-looking setup, mm-hmm. um, I looked and he was live-streaming it. And there were, like, 5,000 people on this live stream. And I thought to myself, huh, that's, that's, that's a sleigh. That's a significant amount of people. <laughs> yeah. That's a sleigh. I'm going to go ahead and be a sleigh. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> But then, honestly, it was just for fun. And... <sighs> it just blew up from there in the most unexpected way. And my Ty, our director from Titanic and my cast members, they kind of were just they were like, Oh, of course you had to call out Titanic in the video. And I was like, literally, if one person is going to shout this show from the rooftops, it's gonna be right. me. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna include it in any talking point that I do. So yes. yeah, it was really fun and I mean, Reggie is such an insanely talented, giving, kind person, um, and I think, I think like across Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, it's gotten combined like well over a hundred million views, which is why you'll insane, insane. Ganglia. Like people have noticed me off the street; they've come up to me, and and that's that's just the craziest thing to me. Um, but. I think the thing that I remember most of all about that night was um so because we were going through this covid wave I we tested every day mm-hmm. um and in the morning I was totally negative and I went through the day and through that show as Celine I was like huh something doesn't feel right vocally I'm leaving the show we're outdoors so you know everyone's totally safe um with with filming this video on the street and I'm I uh, at that point I feel like there's like a red hot fiery coal in the pit of my throat oh, the my whole God. time and I'm like I really just want to go home and rest and then this video happens and we do it and I get home and I have COVID <laughs>
1: Oh my God. And literally one of the most flawless vocals I've ever heard. And you're like, oh, it kind of feels like I have a red hot poker down my throat. Uh-huh. But let me just sing this really quick. That's
2: how it felt. Um, <laughs> Yeah. That no, I hate was crazy. It, it was wow. crazy. And uh, luckily, I, you know, obviously, COVID happens, life happens. Um it was my first time ever having COVID. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. I I was able to hold out for a while, but um yeah, that was the craziest thing. Like doing that, it's kind of taught me like I I've always struggled with perfectionism and I've had a really difficult time speaking of social media, um balancing perfectionism with churning out content. Yeah. In a consistent way. And that can be very difficult when you are, when I, you know, when I force myself to do take after take after take, oh, it has to sound perfect. It has to be Mm -hmm. perfect. Um, But in that moment with unknown raging COVID and a poker in my throat and all of, all of the circumstances of the day, I just had to remind myself, like, your best is all that you need to do. And right. It still can yield wonderful results, um, mm-hmm. and so that was a big learning experience for me, in a way. Well,
1: I'm sure it also. I don't. Even, I don't even know if it actually would help or if it would make it more difficult that you have perfect pitch. I do. So you are like that was wrong.
2: Yeah, it that was wrong. It, I can hear it. Oh, a blessing and a curse. And I know that some people might roll their eyes hearing that because that sounds a little bit, <laughs> a little bit gross to say but um it really is a blessing and a curse I swear it's been it, it is a big factor in the perfectionism of it all of um, course yeah
1: how could it not be yeah. so when you say perfect pitch do you mean like if I said sing an A you could just sing an A
2: hey wow
1: <laughs> just because that's yes. so wild it is has wild. it always been that way
2: yeah it has uh, it's funny that you Asked that because just the other day um over Christmas and my birthday and everything so not the other day a few weeks ago lol um we were watching some home videos as a family uh just feeling all holiday nostalgia and I came across this video and I was like two years old and it was bath time and my parents and I were singing a song as we often did um mm-hmm. And we were singing Bushel and a Peck from Guys and Dolls. <laughs> and I realized that um, I started singing the song in the same key that the Broadway cast recording was in. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And at that moment I realized, like watching it back now, I realized that I had always been doing that. I had always had that banging around in my brain even since I was little. Um, And so yeah, I didn't really. We didn't identify it till I was like maybe seven or eight. But um, yeah, it's always been a thing that.
1: Wow, that is so cool.
2: Yeah, it's helped musically, and it's helped. You know, it it has its benefits. It helps with retention. It helps with, um, you know, a a party trick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it it does definitely has the downsides.
1: (laughs) Wow, that's wild. Well, you mentioned you know your parents and. Mm sort of being a child in the realm of artists. But um, would you tell me about your experience having two performer parents? Because, yeah. I mean, my, my parents are artistic and are, you know, I, I grew up in a family that has lots of music in it. But like your yeah. mother was kicking it on Broadway, everywhere, mm-hmm. all over the universe. Your father is a musician yes. a, from a very notable Band, one yes. foreigner, if you will. Mm-hmm. Tell me how how
2: how was that experience as a child? Oh my gosh! I it's funny. My friend, my good friend Garrett, uh, who is one of our super swings in Titanic. We were just talking about this the other day. Um, he comes from a military family, and I come from a showbiz business family. And we were talking about it, and like there are some similarities between the two, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving around every few years, you know, not staying in a same uh, in the same place for very long, and switching schools and having just a different way of growing up. Um, I felt like I had a very international childhood, um, a very uh, one that I'm very grateful for and wouldn't trade for the world. Um, but yeah, I I grew up in dressing rooms and green rooms more than I grew up at home. I have more memories from. Um, being backstage and watching backstage my... At the
1: Ambassador
2: Theater, baby! All the different... Yes! Chicago oh my the musical! Yes! Which is another <laughs> way that we're connected in a, in a yes, sense. Yes, wild! Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see you as Mary someday. Um, <laughs> when, when you are on next, you need to tell me, um, because I will be there front and center. Oh, I would love it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, growing up with performers in the family, it was, um, I, I never had another notion of doing anything different. You know, um, Mm -hmm. I always knew that this is what I was going to do. I was so, I was encouraged by my parents, but not forced, um, mm-hmm. If anything, when I got older, they were like, "Are you sure there's nothing else you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> right. um, anything more stable?" Uh, but yeah, it was <laughs> it was a big gift. I feel like I had to grow up faster because um, there were a lot of things. As much as my parents tried to protect me and give me a normal childhood and protect my innocence, you know this industry is, um, a very mature industry and yes. I, I definitely had to grow up faster than my friends and my counterparts as a young kid, um, moving around a lot as well. I didn't really retain friendships going from place to place cause yeah. you know, we're kids. Um, and so it made my family very insular and very connected. Um, and home was less of a geographical location and more of like wherever my parents and family were. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I I was able to travel a lot with my dad. Um, he's a celebrity headliner on uh, cruise ships, and so we got to travel with him a lot and travel with his band. And um, he was he he's not in Foreigner anymore. He was in Foreigner um, in the 80s and early 90s. So. Yeah, but it it was a really wonderful upbringing because I was exposed to a lot of the industry that I think you don't see um, unless you've had your own personal experience as a performer. Um, Mm -hmm. Not just seeing like the highs and the success, but seeing the in between jobs and seeing what it's like to just you know have to go through audition processes and the business side of it all, marketing yourself and, um, you know, negotiating and contracts. And so it, it, was very educational. Um, and I think an upbringing like that seeing behind the scenes and both sides, the positives and the negatives of this career was very invaluable because if anything, it made me very realistic in choosing this career. Um, And thinking like, okay, if I really want to do this, then I know what to expect. And I, I know how to, I know how to market myself and I know how to behave (laughs) as a human being. Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and you also, I think I read somewhere in my you know internet deep dive of stalking you that you um (laughs) were born in the UK Mm -hmm. that's so amazing and I believe that means that are you a dual citizen
0: I
2: am indeed
1: that's so cool so then do you have any interest in jumping across the pond and working you know in the theater world on the west end or or in London
2: absolutely I last time I was in London was like 2016 Um, so it's been a long time and one of my life goals is to live there again and perform on the West end, you know, film and TV is such a huge industry in the UK. And so Mm -hmm. all of that, and, um, I miss it. It it feels like such a part of me. Um, I grew up there, I was born there and lived there till I was seven and then we moved, um, to Vegas. So yeah, you know my home in London is a lot of those theaters, um, seven dials and jury lane. And, um, I, you know, I see all those dressing rooms and, uh, that my mom was in. And so I just, I want to be there again. I, it feels like home. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, And I would imagine like a full circle
1: moment of like getting to Very full circle That your your mom worked into That's just amazing
2: Very full circle Yeah.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you What do you do when you win?
1: In in the midst of being sort of like a worldly <laughs> child, traveling all over the place, mm-hmm. and, you know, then knowing that you were going to study for this, like, as a career and going to school for this, when did you have time to become fluent in Mandarin Chinese? I'm just a little confused, Miss Capaldi.
2: Little, okay. So, how that came about... Um, I was in sixth grade, and I was in Las Vegas, and we had a new headmaster, a new principal at our middle school, and he brought in this whole Mandarin program, and, you know, we had the choice to do French, Spanish, Latin, but I was just really interested right away in Mandarin Um, growing up in London every Sunday we used to go to Chinatown which is one of the best Chinatowns in the world in London Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and so we would go to dim sum every weekend and um, it was my favorite time of the week because I was a very picky child right and so (laughs) but when we went to dim sum I would eat everything in sight and Mm -hmm. the Uh, the people who worked there would teach me little words in Chinese and I was able to like have little conversations. Um, And so when the opportunity to like fully study the language in school came up, I just jumped at it because not only was I interested from a cultural standpoint, but it is a very musical language. And with Perfect Pitch and with my interest in singing and music from the earliest age Mm -hmm. I felt this instant connection because it's a tonal language and um, every word has four tones which which have four different meanings for each word Um, so I felt like when I was speaking the language I was singing in a way Um, and it just it clicked with my brain very easily and so since then I've been to China twice And I went to Columbia to study Mandarin and East Asian studies because it's Mm -hmm. the best um, East Asian studies program on the East Coast. And um, I just I really wanted to pursue that instead of going uh, a conservatory route for college or um, a musical theater route, because I figured if I'm in New York City, I can get my academics during the day and have the opportunity to audition and take classes in the city in my free time. So I was kind of, totally. I wanted to get the best both worlds with that, but yeah, it's, but you know, my, my other huge passion in life is singing in Mandarin. And, um, I would love to one day go over there and do a Broadway show translated into Chinese. Cause wow. yeah, yeah. They're doing that. that. Be- yeah. They're doing that with phantom. I think they've done that with the lion King uh, and Kaylee Capaldi yeah. as Alphaba in Mandarin. Yes! When? when? To me. You're literally speaking my dreams <laughs> into fruition. <laughs> oh my God. That's,
1: that's incredible. I mean, I, I just love this podcast has brought me to so many people and has like, I've gotten to have so many amazing conversations with people and like learn things that I just would never have known, you know? And so like, that is just such a cool thing that like, <laughs> It, you just are such a well-rounded person and, and performer, and like the ability to do that is incredible. To be able Thank to be you. like, oh yeah, I could, I could do it fully in Chinese. <laughs> like that's just <laughs> iconic and just like a, another thing to like, you know, literally put on your resume, put on your special skills, and be like, oh there yeah, and I did this too.
2: Yeah, there that you is go. so
1: cool. Um, can I, can I put you on the spot and have you say, "Shall we go for it in Mandarin?" But also as Celine.
2: Oh my gosh! Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, I think the easiest—I think the easiest translation would be, um, it's—it's like a—it's like a word of encouragement. It's um—it's like let's do it. You can do it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar. Like let's go for it. Um, yeah. it would basically just be um, <laughs> it, it, yeah. So, with Celine, I Dial. guess we we could say Dial. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, iconic. Oh, that was oh a good
0: God. question, I'm obsessed Jake. With
1: you. Obsessed with you. Um, well, before I let you go, I yeah. have a series of musical theater rapid fire questions that I ask every I know guest. know you
2: do. I've uh, actually studied you... up on these questions. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, You're I'm just like, kidding. I'm
1: actually asking you, bitch. Okay. No! <laughs> Are you ready?
2: I am ready.
1: Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber?
2: Sondheim. One thousand percent. Sweatpants or jeans? I'm going to say jeans, but I'm a hypocrite because I'm wearing sweatpants right now. Put <laughs> no jeans. One no one
1: can see. No <laughs> uh, Do you have a favorite musical?
2: I have a favorite musical, but it's a four-way tie.
1: Spill it, baby.
2: Okay. Obviously... I'm gonna take Willem's answer and just say Titanic. Period. But then my other three favorites, I cannot choose between Into the Woods, The Producers, and A Chorus Line.
1: Oh my god! Wow, those are <laughs> heavy hitters. Oh my god! Yeah. And you said your mom was in the the original Vegas company of producers? Yes, she,
2: w- she was. Opened she opened. Them- yes, she was also what? the original um, West End production
1: wow that's yeah. so cool
2: so you have a, a
1: big connection to that show
2: yes as well as the chorus line because she did that uh in London and won an Olivier for it oh well <laughs> oh my word
1: forgive yes. me my <laughs> madam I didn't even know no <laughs> what what role was that for was she Cassie
2: Sheila she was Sheila Sheila come yes. on yes yeah
1: oh my god just a casual Olivier award. <laughs> uh do you have a least favorite musical
2: I mean, the first one that just automatically comes to mind is Pat Cinderella. <laughs> I'm that sorry, does girl. That come to
1: many people's minds, let me tell you. But you know
2: what? I will say, and I will always say, that cast was turning it out. Oh, of course. Kicking their noses and singing down while looking gorgeous in the most beautiful costumes on the most beautiful set that is all I will say
1: gorgeous gowns period
2: period (laughs) (laughs) um
1: would you ever like to do a Broadway play
2: absolutely absolutely um one of my dreams is to do our town um that's one of my favorite plays entirely
1: in Chinese
2: There Uh, you go. (laughs) (laughs) Are you a morning person
1: or a night owl?
2: I am a night owl. Very much so. Me too. Yeah.
1: What is the craziest thing a director has ever asked you to do?
2: Oh my God. Either Um,
1: in an audition or a rehearsal room.
2: Okay. Okay. I'm obviously not going to say who this was or what the audition was for, but I think probably the craziest thing that I was asked to do in an audition was to do the whole audition barefoot. It was not a dance audition. It was, it had nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading sides and singing and they were like, I would, we would really love if you could just do this barefoot just to feel the earth as you're singing. And I was like, girl, we're on the the third floor of
1: Pearl Studios. Girl, we're on
2: the third floor of Pearl Studios. The only thing I'm, yeah, the the only thing I'm feeling is is this Marley. So I guess we're going to go with that, but that was the craziest thing. dead. That's hilarious.
1: (laughs) Uh, Golden age or contemporary?
2: Contemporary. But if we're doing Golden Age, then we need to completely reimagine it and uh, have it reveal something about our modern selves. Love. Yeah.
1: Uh, Do you have a favorite role that you have ever played?
2: Well, um, maybe I'm biased, but when I'm on for Celine, I feel invincible. (laughs) I... I love that role so much, um, but I will also say, when I was in high school, I played Mary Poppins, and uh, that was my favorite role. My favorite what show. I
1: would give to see Kaylee Poppins. Oh
2: my gosh! That's that's Kayleigh that's Ka-Poppins. one of my dream roles. Kaylee Poppins. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> coffee or tea?
2: Tea nice Uh, like a true like any true self-respecting brit
1: (laughs) (laughs) of course how could i forget (laughs) um what's the hardest show that you have ever done
2: um okay i think the hardest show that i've ever done uh was putting it together um for anybody who doesn't know putting it together is like a, a, a review of sondheim songs um, and it's basically a big Sons. selection. Yeah. A big selection of Sondheim's catalog, but strung together with its own independent plot and story. Um, and it's five cast members. And uh, this was the show I was doing with Colin in Salt yes. Lake last year mm-hmm. um, at the beautiful Pioneer Theater Company. And it was the hardest show I've ever done because of the material. I mean, Mm -hmm. Sondheim material is brilliant, but
1: look at the material,
2: baby, the number of nights that we would all just sit in our rooms going over these lyrics and like eating them. It it's, Uh. it was extremely difficult, but because it was so hard, it was so fulfilling and gratifying Mm -hmm. to just be able to sing that music. And (laughs) we had like a two and a half week run. And I think, all of us got it right. Maybe the last night, you know, it's one of those things. Of course, but it's just, it's yes. Putting it together. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Love. Uh, what about who is the silliest cast member in Titanic?
2: I'm going to give the same answer that everybody has given on this pod from this show, Marcus Antonio (laughs) off Broadway's (laughs) biggest bully. (laughs) (laughs) you heard it here you heard it here but listen Marcus is my like bestie soulmate um I we both came into the show together uh we both rehearsed together and joined the show at the same time so we were like in the trenches the two of us figuring out this crazy show um And we've just been, like, inseparable ever since. I love him so much. He is fierce and exceptionally talented and one of the craziest, goofiest, silliest girls in the world. (laughs) Um, Brandon Contreras, of course.
1: Contreras.
2: Is um, mentally insane. (laughs) <laughs> but like join the club. If you're in Titanic, you are mentally. Okay, exactly. Unwell. Um, exactly. Yeah. I would say, I would say those two.
1: Those two. Silly goofy. Thank
2: God. Do you have a dream role? Okay. I am, I'd say for sure. Alpha in any language, in any company in the world.
1: Absolutely. Eh.
2: Um, ah. And then I think. Depending on when I get to play this role in my life, um, maturity wise, age wise, all those things, um, just either Cinderella or Baker's wife, um, into the woods. I played, I played Cinderella in high school, but I think somewhere down the road, I will mature into Baker's wife and be very grateful when I do, because that's one of my favorite roles in all musical theater. Um, and then, you know, a role that hasn't been written yet, something that I can collaborate on, um and create and help craft uh, kind of like Figaro, which is a huge blessing. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Kaylee Kapelpoba. I
0: <laughs> need <Kapelphaba> it.
2: poppins. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Well, my last question for you, my darling Kaylee, is what is one thing that you would tell baby Kaylee?
2: Baby Kaylee. Oh, okay. <laughs> One thing I would tell baby Kaylee is to always remember that you are the hardest critic you will ever encounter and to remember that if it's your best, then it's all that you need to do. And even when you feel like you're not doing your best, as long as you are showing up and being kind and, supportive and creative, then that's all that matters. And you don't have to answer to anybody but yourself if you are checking those boxes. Period. I love it.
1: (laughs) Well, Kaylee, thank you so, so yeah. much for being on the pod. You are just such a delight. I It's so silly that we have like only barely met in person, Yeah, of course, after seeing Titanic. But I cannot wait to see you again soon. Can yes. you tell the listeners where they can find you on all of the socials and keep up with your
2: fabulousness? Absolutely. Um, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Kaylee.Capaldi. And, uh, yeah, follow there for all the updates, for shenanigans, for... Follow for the Whistletones, bitch. Follow for the (laughs) Whistletones. Which is insane, (laughs) by the way. Thank you. Oh, by the way, if you check out our album, Figaro, coming out on March 4th, you might hear a few of those. You might hear a whistle or two. You might hear a whistle or two.
1: (laughs) Anyone can Whistletone with (laughs) Kaylee Capaldi. (laughs) <laughs> there is the title
2: that's <laughs> called poetry <laughs> period
1: <laughs> you guys that's it for another episode of Oh My Pod you guys don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod and you can follow the show on Instagram at Oh My Pod you guys thanks so much for listening, talk soon,
0: bye Oh My Pod, Oh My Pod yeah.